Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome another edition of Alice McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. We are capping off the week with yet another special guest co-host. You can see him to my right. It is the Metro's Alistair McGeorge, one of the Britain's finest in the house. Delighted to be able to get him on today. Um, given, you know, I, I, I consider there's a tight band of great journos in uh, the UK. Of course, we're lucky enough to have Steph and the in-house wonder kid Louis here. Gary Cassidy was on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And now, Alistair McGeorge makes his way to the I just need to get Matty Paddock and we're all complete. Uh, Alistair, how are you, man? <laughs> yeah, not too bad, man. It's been a good week, busy. Just, yeah, glad to finally make it onto one. I'm glad that for the people on this show tonight will get the opportunity to obviously get to know Alistair a little bit. We will yeah. talk a little bit about his journey. Uh, some of you may have seen him on Steph Chase's channel yesterday, if you're fans of both. Um, but for those of you who are unaware... Because Alistair is quite the unassuming character sometimes. Um, his interview work is second to none. We're going to get into it today. Uh, that's how I became a big fan of Alistair, doing the rounds together on these, uh, you know, conference calls and things of that nature. I've uh, become a big fan of the questions Alistair asked and the work that he puts out. And thus, here we are today, uh, sitting side by side, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Probably the closest right. we've been. But, probably, yeah. <laughs> probably. Uh, all that. Hey, we used at the BT party, right? Yes. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we may have just crossed paths. Yes. There you go. We, we, I mean, the contact is minimal, but it's been there. Um, <laughs> as you can see, Alice's handle is in the top right-hand corner. I do implore you to go follow that, just like Will Gavin last week. Maybe even more so for Alistair, because he literally does put out top-quality interviews every week. Um, it's like an unspoken rivalry between myself and Alistair putting out all this <laughs> all this content. Alistair, tell the people what you've been doing this week, man, because you've stayed busy. This week's been, yeah, really busy one. I had uh, an amazing sort of hour-long chat with Chelsea Green on Monday, which was fantastic, not only because I got to meet their cat, Waffles, who was adorable. Um, anytime a pet joins an interview is always a treat. Um, so I had Chelsea Green. Um, who else have I chatted to? Yesterday I had Jeff Jarrett. Uh, FTR before Blood and Guts. I had Trevor Murdoch. Trevor Murdoch today, yeah, which was absolutely fantastic. Like, been a big fan of his. Like, they debuted when I was about 13, 14. Um, really enjoyed 
him and Cade when they came through. So it was great to get a chat, get to chat to him. And he had some fantastic stories from his time with TNA, why that ended. Um, one that I will be putting out with his, with uh, Harley Race's reaction the first time he saw Trevor hit a Canadian destroyer, which I can't <laughs> wait to get out of there. So, yeah. yeah, it's been a busy one. You need to do that more. You know, now that you've got the goods with the, the camera and whatnot, yeah. I expect to see more clips, Alistair. I do. I need to start doing it. I had a few that I put out from the Renee one and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I definitely need to get more of them out. It's a great week. A great week, uh, Alistair. You know, I always thought, segue, I always, I always thought Lance Cade had a really high ceiling. It's a sh- It was tragic, mm. obviously, how that all ended for him. But, man, like when they first broke in, you know, sometimes you look at a tag team and you're like, that's the guy, though. Like, the, the yeah. one. Um, I really felt like he had a high ceiling, man. Mm. Yeah, and they came in so strong. They'd only been on sort of main roster a matter of weeks, and they had the titles. Yeah, and they'd, it, you know, all came together pretty quickly as well. I know Trevor didn't do any developmental for them; he just went straight on TV. So, they, well, they Hector Rodriguez, don't worry about your ignorance, my friend. That's what it's all <laughs> no, about. No. That is what it's all about. That's why we have these special co-hosts. Uh, Alistair McGeorge, as I will keep referring to you guys throughout this stream, he is one of the leading journos here in the UK. Uh, he works for the Metro, which, of course, is a big circulation newspaper, a daily newspaper, right, here in the mm. UK. Uh, so there you go. Get familiar with his work. Top right-hand corner, as CM Chris says here, this is the interview work he's done just this week. I trust, trust me, you scan on his timeline. There's a lot more where that came from. Alistair stays super busy. So I implore you all to check him out. Um, with that, I must say, while you're here, Wrestling Daily, thank you so much for joining us again for some Friday night insight. Uh, we, while you're here, man, give us the thumbs up, give us the subscribe, all of that good stuff, because you know. We're heading into that uh, Quizzlemania territory. If we get to 15,000 subscribers, it's going to be War Games. And it'll be four on four. And let me tell you, we've already made great progress in the last couple of days. I think we've bagged 1,000 subscribers in the last, like, two days. So, guys, we're going to head towards that 15K. It's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. Also, while you're here tonight, I want you to get to know... Alistair a lot better, or ask any of your questions that you have about pro wrestling, right? And you can see at the bottom of the screen, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Get your ultra chats in. Alistair doesn't even know what an ultra chat is, but I will tell you, (laughs) it basically means that uh, you can get whatever you like said on the show, within reason, uh, any topic, any uh, hot take, any opinion, question, whatever you like, get it in there and the mod mother will get the goods to us so yeah we're going to uh, have to get into the news as eric eric travis uh implores us to do so uh <laughs> let me just say this very quickly uh so in terms of news you may or may not see for me in the next coming days i am on a social media blackout now this is all part of what talk sport as a company are doing we are supporting the movement where basically to take a stand against online abuse, which is just rife across... I mean, it's it's rife anyway, but across football in particular at the moment, be it racism, any kind of social media abuse, a lot of English football's teams and personalities within it are taking a social media boycott from today to midnight Monday. So maybe I'll tweet again just in time for Raw. Um, But 
that is why, you know, like today I knew that LHC UK had been cancelled. And I was like, I really want to tweet that. But I could not. Uh, and alas, I have to watch the news filter out. And I'm like, God, this sucks. But uh, I am going to stay committed to TalkSport and um, what they're trying to do there. Because I do believe, you know, you know my corner of Twitter. I'm sure you do as well, Alistair. It's mm. a positive place. I don't like any Wait, of that malarkey. Yeah. So uh, I feel like everyone, if they do their bit there, then great. So, yeah, I'm going to do that with TalkSport. And I'll be back on Twitter on Tuesday. I might chuck some likes around, but that's about it. Also, uh, so I, I spoke about what Alistair has done this week. I spoke to Sammy Guevara yesterday, hence why I wasn't on the show. And Steph and uh, SB3 held it down. They did a great job, by the way. I watched it back. Very good stuff. And... That interview is written up and it's got like his first comments on Sasha Banks and all that whole thing. Uh, Impact, Matt Hardy, we get into... I, I didn't know this, by the way, Alistair. They were going to call the inner circle the fist. The, they made the right choice, I feel. They did. Yeah. <laughs> when Sammy oh, explained dear. it to me, he goes, yeah, it was going to be the fist because there's five of us. Um, but that, you all want to be the thumb. Well... I mean, this is it. I was like, you know, I can imagine all the promos now. I, I when the fist comes down on you. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, not the greatest. Uh, so, in a circle worked. Uh, anyway, that's part of the interview right there. Uh, so, there's a lot of good stuff there. About went about half an hour with Tommy Guevara, and I spoke to Double J himself. Any great Jeff Jarrett today, um, hmm. which will also all of that will be on my talk wrestling show Monday. Uh, Stacked, always stacked. Also, Rampage Brown's going to be on there Monday. I'll stay stacked. Love um, I love Rampage Man. What a what a he, he's a proper bloke. Um, <laughs> without further ado, Alistair, let's get into the titular news as we like to do here, and it's all centering around Chelsea Green and some of the creative pitches that were inevitably turned down by yeah. WWE. Now. She's done a spate of interviews. Now, I'm basically going to pull from a couple here. I'm going to give a quote from Cultaholic, and then I'm going to let Alistair tell you what she told him about working with The Fiend. A lot of you may have seen those comments in circulation this week. But here's what Chelsea Green said about a pitch she made to Vincent Mann and Seth Rollins. Uh, I had a Daisy Duke character. I had a sexy nun character. Uh, I mean, I can't believe Vince didn't go for that. Um, (laughs) Surprising. Yeah, for the Messiah, Seth Rollins. What would be the Messiah's follower or worshipper? I pitched to be Dominic's girlfriend. I pitched so many. One of my favourites that I pitched was being a trionic. (laughs) So, so like, uh, trying to get in uh, and be with them and do a fake Aussie accent and try and split them up but then have them realise that I'm the really crazy one. Now... I like every single one of those ideas, I think, within reason. Like, even the Dominic girlfriend angle could have played out well if she ends up being crazy, which she would have been, right? The hot mess. Um, I liked all of them, Alistair. That's it. She seems to have such great ideas. They all work. It's clear that she's not sort of... Obviously, there's the crazy angle, but she's still not pigeonholing herself into certain things or saying, you know, I'm pitching, I must be champion. She's finding out ways... I was trying to find ways to just get herself onto the show in whatever role. And people like that, like Drake Maverick, does the same thing. It's so valuable to have those people around. But WWE kind of seemed to not value that. Like, it's one of of those unspoken things, right, where they want you to, but only when they want you to. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it, it's like if they don't have a, if they don't have plans for you, it almost doesn't matter how good your idea. That's how it seems to me, anyway. Like, yeah. there, there was no real reason why they couldn't have gone with some of those. Like, I mean, I get it that like Rollins ended up taking a break, so okay, maybe. But Dominic hasn't really done anything apart from tagging with his dad yeah. pretty unsuccessfully. Um, the Iconics, they split up anyway, which has turned out to be disastrous by all accounts. There know. are no words for that decision at this point. It, we haven't healed. <laughs> still not okay. Still not all right. But I mean, you know what I mean, though? Like, they, they yeah. want people who are active. But from what I understand with Chelsea Green, like, she almost felt towards the end that she was like bugging them. Yeah, well, she was turning up a lot. I know she said to me, like, she finally got a chat with Vince and was able to sit with him for half an hour, which is kind of quite rare. Yeah. What was that? And she got 30 minutes to go through all of her pictures and she said that he did. He listened to them all. He sort of, he said, you know, tell me what you'd like to do and put it on her to lay all the pictures down and listened and but obviously didn't go anywhere with them, which seems a shame. Yeah, it does. Why don't you run us through what she told you about a pitch she made for The Fiend? Yeah, sort of staying with the hot mess kind of idea. There was a lot of scope she felt there. So she wanted to at one point play Sister Abigail and try and bring that character properly to screen and play that. Another thing she said even a couple of weeks ago, she saw um, Alexa Bliss pop up with Lily on TV and straight away said, I want to go on telly with that hair, that makeup, that dress <laughs> and just be Lily. Yeah. And she said and it had opened up kind of the act, you know, it, it if Alexa was staying as the sort of puppeteer of it all, Chelsea could be in the women's division or they could tag together and they'd be able to basically take over the whole show as this group. But I guess that would require them to really put continued faith into them. <laughs> and I absolutely adore The Fiend. I know Steph's made her feelings on that quite clear on this. Very clear. I, I am a huge fan, but they've, they've not done them any favours. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much been downward spiral since the Goldberg debacle um, for The Fiend, as much as I do adore the character. Um, it's very hard to make a compelling argument for what's been good about it in the you know recent memory, basically. Um, a couple of things here I want to touch on. DeAndre says, Alex and Alistair, what's your thought process as to why Penta lost? I think probably just because it would have been super one-way traffic otherwise. Like, the rivalry with best friends like you have to give them something and he was pretty well protected in the loss like it's not it's not like he had a clean loss to orange cassidy that would have been not catastrophic yeah. or anything but i do think you know there are plans for penta clearly he's had a great start to the year and i don't you know you got to remember orange cassidy's beat chris jericho twice yeah um it's not the end of the world no i'd agree with that and it, it, it's not a case like you say it not a clean loss and it's not something it's not a case of 50 50 booking he's still incredibly strong and can carry on being strong yeah absolutely uh pranjol says hey alex is there any possibility for coming back brock lesnar cm punk ronda rousey becky lynch back to wwe i mean yes on all fronts but when is the question <laughs> um brock lesnar i believe will be back once things are up and running properly i think it's just a matter of time yeah. It's a contract deal. If there's not fans there, kind of offsets what you're going to pay Brock. I, I can understand why both are sitting out. Brock Lesnar's in Canada thinking, I don't need to be going and quarantining to get on WWE TV. Uh, he can show on his farm, can't he? He's exactly. living the absolute dream. 
he's fine. Uh, Ronda Rousey, pregnant, so no, not anytime soon. Uh, Becky Lynch, the opposite of that, but. Uh, I was like, wow, they're gonna it's gonna be Ronda and Becky at WrestleMania 38. And obviously that's not gonna be the case now, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, Ronda's due in September, so not out of the question, but very unlikely. And I do think Becky probably comes back this year. I just don't know, you know, SummerSlam maybe, or uh yeah. again, again, I don't think they do it before something worthwhile is there. And CM Punk <sighs> Who knows at this point? Who man? knows? Who knows? I don't think he does either, really. No, he, he the, only, the only thing he's really stayed consistent with from a CM Punk perspective is that he'd be open, right? Like, if yeah. it's good, he'll listen. But he's been quite open. He doesn't think that WWE is very good right now. So that leads me to believe that it would take a hell of a pitch and trust from his perspective, money, yeah. like a whole storm of things that is very hard to conceive given what I know about WWE, really. And, what well, we all know, AEW seems more likely, but mm, I, again, you know, he says Kenny Omega is interesting to him, and that would be great. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I don't see him having a full time run again. Um, would he get back involved in wrestling? I saw him today talking about he might do, like, he wouldn't mind a creative role somewhere. But again, it's not gonna he's got a still a great mind for it. And yeah. the work he's doing as well, sort of with his acting and the films and stuff, can only help a creative mind as well. Only but, thing is, he's very much like, um, what do I, want? I don't, I don't want to call him stubborn, but like he's very much his way. So I don't yeah. know what company that meshes well with, or you know, there's all for CM Punk. There is so many variables that we could only really speculate. Yeah, on. it'll come down to if he wants to do it. Whoever he wants to do it with will probably jump at it at this point, just because yeah. it's punk, but. It's whether he decides he actually wants to. I mean, he did express interest in um, Will Ospreay yeah. as well, which is cool. But again, but a lot softened of, a bit. Do, uh, he seems to have, but, well, he's got more time, right? The UFC dream has firmly died. Um, you know, with all respect to him, that wasn't the most fruitful endeavour of his. Um, no. So... What is he now? Early 40s? I think he's like 44. Yeah. Is he? I'm looking this up on Google this second. I've taken a stab at 44. He is 42. 42. Oh. We've done him an injustice. <laughs> Sorry, Punk. Um, but still, like you don't you don't want to get like, you know, you don't want to close your window too much. I think yeah. fans are still clamoring for him to come back seven years on. There's still the hunger. <laughs> but it's like, how long do you let the luster go before like the generation of fans that really wanted you back are maybe not as engaged or ah, it's very, very tough. Yeah. Um, so you don't want him to leave it so long that he becomes the kind of thing he rallied against in WWE with sort of part-timers exactly. and older guys taking the spot. That's, so. pre that's precisely right. Um, but, but again, you never know. You might feel like I served my time. Maybe I, you know, deserve to, I don't know. Again, all these perspectives, you know, what's funny about that is Cena, right? Yeah. He, used to, he used to give Rock the business all the time. Oh, don't come here and tell me you love it here <laughs> and then just go away. And that's what he does. So, um, you know, and even Cena has said in interviews now, like, ah, like now that I'm now I'm in that position. Yeah. I understand. Exactly. So it is interesting. Uh, do, do you find it interesting that Punk thinks his biggest match back in WWE is, is Triple H? I think it makes sense in terms of story. And wrestling is at its best where it does kind of blur the lines and you – you're not quite sure, you're watching it and 
yeah, having that kind of genuine story to it. And Triple H is still one of the biggest names. There's matches I'd rather see him have, but I do think <laughs> Trips, if he gets himself in shape, like with when you chatted to AJ about him, matches like that, he could still do a great job in. So I think it does make sense. I can't think of anyone else storyline-wise that off the bat would sell itself as well as that. I think you've said it perfectly in that there there are matches I would rather watch CM Punk have, right? There's more dream matches in my mind that I would rather watch play out. But I do understand from an attraction point of view and the history that like Triple H CM Punk feud would be everywhere. It'd be all over Twitter and all the news. Like it would be a big deal. So I do get what he's trying to say there. Um, I mean, I guess the tie bow on the Chelsea Green thing, like, it's, it's such a... Sh- what more could she have actually done before getting released? Do you know what I mean? Like, was it always yeah. doomed for her? I feel very sorry for her. That's it. She was so unlucky, sort of, with tryouts, everything she'd been through, getting there, and then the injuries, which, like she's kind of pointed out, hasn't been a case of being injury-prone. It's been just sheer bad luck. It's not been a case of fitness or anything. It's just really unlucky with the way those things happened. So she sort of said that that injury just before Survivor Series, if that hadn't happened, she probably would still be there. Which is crazy. Wait, like that's, yeah. the, that's the fine margins between your job. It's just like, oh, like how, how can you go from <clears throat> to making me mad? deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Anyway, let's uh, segue away from that into, as you can see, Mandy Savage has said about getting your ultra chats in. And yes, I'm going to read out one now from CM Chris. But please do, like CM Chris, get on the bandwagon, drop one in, and we'll read them out on screen. Hello, Alex and Alistair, says CM Chris. Welcome to Alistair. Question for you. 
How did you get into wrestling? This is going to be a story. Also, Impact Wrestling was so much fun last night after the fallout of Rebellion. Number one contender qualifying matches. ELP coming next week. Don't sleep on Impact. I, I totally agree. Do not sleep yeah. on Impact. And I thoroughly enjoyed Taylor Wilde's return to the ring. I like Taylor very much. Um, very good podcast. And I really enjoyed seeing her back in action. Hadn't lost a step. She looked great. No. I thought. So uh, that was that was a treat. Anyway, Alistair, tell us, CM Chris, about your story into wrestling. Um, I told this briefly on Steph's uh, podcast last night, uh, live stream last night, and it's a fairly embarrassing introduction, but one I might as well share with however many people watch. Um, one of my sort of old friends when I was about nine, maybe, had the WWF SmackDown game on the PlayStation. I'd never watched any wrestling, really, at this point. And he said, you know, come play this game. Started trying to introduce me. And I chose my wrestler. Didn't really look at names or anything. Video comes on and it does sort of the five-second countdown. It says picture start in the middle and out comes this giant. Obviously the big show. But because it, I had no idea at this point, it was clearly being very stupid. I saw picture start and for longer than I care to admit, thought that that was his real name. <laughs> so, well, it's yeah. picture start. Yeah, there you go. So, um, so I had that with the game, sort of got an introduction through that. And then when we sort of finally got Sky years later, um, got into it just after the brand split properly. Oh, um, yeah, sort of around then. So remember the first pay-per-view I stayed up to watch was um, No Way Out with Eddie and Brock. And Eddie's still wow. like, my man, just my favourite of all time. I think he's the greatest to lace up his boots. And yeah, that was the first one I made a point of staying up to watch and just the energy and everything was so incredible match, incredible night, and just been hooked from then on. Well, it's interesting, and, and, a, and a, a question off the back of that that I'd like to ask. Mm. I know that you've been a journalist for a long time, yeah. but you've only really been able to do the wrestling part of it for the Metro fairly recently, right? Talk, yeah. to, talk to us about how that happened and how you managed to segue your way into wrestling. Yeah, I always wanted to do the wrestling stuff. Like when I did work experience in year 10, the first piece I wrote was a tribute to Eddie Guerrero when he died sort of thing. So it was always where I wanted to go with journalism, but came out of uni and did um, music editing for a bit. Uh, ended up segueing from that into showbiz, and which is how I met Cy Rodstein at Impact. Oh, yeah. Good bits of interview to them. So the first wrestling interview I ever did was Mickey James when she was there. Uh, which was a blast. and That would have been 10 years ago now. Wow. Uh, yeah, and then did bits when I moved on to the Mirror, but it was just a column here and there, bits of review pieces, coverage when things like Hulk Hogan being let go happened and <laughs> that sort of thing, doing the bigger stories for them. Mm. Left Mirror because I didn't want to do, well, I didn't want to move to London, particularly from up north. Decided to go freelance, and just from that point, hammered contacts that I had at, um metro's online team being like you should really get in on the wrestling game uh spent ages pitching that and then they invited me on a press trip which was for the smackdown launch on fox yeah so there was that and the nxt uh was i think going live for the first time on usa that same week so got sent there as a freelancer to cover that and do that wwe press trip got the contacts from that and metro decided to take a punt and let it come online I haven't really looked back since that. So obviously the pandemic's happened since then. Like, so have yeah. you ended up moving to London anyway? 
no, no, still up north, working from home and all of this. So it's been, yeah, been rare managed to get a decent job and everything out of journalism without needing to be down there. And I think the pandemic's changing it now that a lot of people will let people work from home. So Yeah. I was about to say, you don't anticipate that changing now that we're going to come out of that, hopefully, second part of this year. You think you'll still be able to go from home, mostly? I think so, yeah. like Because for, for the WWE stuff for Metro, they, it, basically just a one-man team with it. Sort of get a lot of support from them in terms of sharing articles and how much freedom they give me. But they do just let me write what I want, run it how I want, do the interviews that I want. So I think they're happy for me to... like. There'd be no reason for me to be doing that in the office, I don't think. No. That's it. I mean, I'm very much a one-man band myself at yeah. TalkSport, but the only difference with my role is while like wrestling is my heart and soul, uh, I do cover UFC and boxing and stuff. So I'm kind of a one-man yeah. band, but it's part of a wider thing. And I, yeah. pres- I preside over that. So thus, I have to do fight nights, of course, you know, which are like, you know, through the nights on Saturdays. Like the last four of the last five Saturdays, I've worked through the night, right? Mm-hmm. Like like midnight to 8 a.m., which sucks. Because then when I don't, I got up and played football twice after it. Don't do it. Awful. Um, yeah, really bad. Um, so stuff like that, I don't want to say it holds me back because I still get to do everything that I want to do. Like if I say I have an interview or I'm going to somewhere, I go, yeah. I do it. So it's I just, like, I would love to have more of a team. Do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd love to have staff writers. Yeah, that's it. Because I do. I say all the stuff for Metro, but then I do a lot of sort of showbiz and just general entertainment journalism as well. Because um, I've been like, doing it for sort of nine years or so, and that's a good way to keep things going as well. It was a good outlet for this, but like I say, yeah, it's it's hard to keep on top of absolutely everything when you're doing all the writing, transcribing, stories, all of it. But also a dream job, though. Would yeah, not trade it. take the rough with the smooth. Yeah, Alistair. Um, let's talk about something else that was in the news today. Mm. Um, but we'll, we'll revisit the ultra chats later. Um, WWE potentially having a working relationship with MLW. Um, have you mm. read much about this today? I've sort of seen bits while I've been looking through, and them working with other companies is never going to be a bad thing. It just depends how that relationship pans out, how much involvement they have, what it means for MLW. I mean, ML, MLW have properties. Yeah. That you know, I say properties, but you know what I mean. Like, be it video footage, that probably something that WWE is always interested yeah. in. Um, and of course, talent like Jacob Fad too. Uh, you know, Brian Pillman I know is now in our AEW, but like MLW have had yeah. a slew of talents recently. Um, so it's. It's one of those where like, I could, I can see it, and it's also like not so much of a threat to WWE, which no. like, you know what I mean. It's just it's just that right amount of reach away where they can kind of still have dominion and control over it. Yeah, um, I, I think that's probably uh, they want they probably want to show that they're open, quote unquote Triple H. Yeah, but, uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know how much this pushes the needle, but I'd be very interested to see exactly how it plays out. Yeah. Cause... I don't, it's not going to sort of pan out the same way sort of the relationship has between Impact AW or Impact with everyone. Like, I don't think we'd see any kind of cross-promotion. It's whether it's something for the network, like you say, the library that they've got, be interested, like whether it's more of an evolved kind of deal where they support that way. Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny because WWE, obviously, the evolved deal is kind of the same as um, 
like what they do with progress over here and you know icw to a degree like essentially they support those shows and you know give them backing to a degree and also give them some talent but eventually they cherry pick who they want uh yes that's kind of how it's always been and obviously that's what i mean it's not an it's not a true aew impact or new japan thing it's wwe basically are um in sports term the parent club and the rest of the yeah. feed, the rest of the feeder systems, essentially. Um, Gate Crusher Forever says Gareth Davis freelances the MMA as well as boxing. Yes, he does. I'm assuming you're referencing that to my career path. Um, <laughs> Gareth actually works at Talksport with me, so yeah, I know him. We've done a lot of different stuff together. Um, I, I, to, to be clear, I love being involved in different stuff. Like you don't want to keeps uh, it interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, you don't want to like pigeonhole yourself. And obviously, I went Fight Island in January for Conor McGregor yeah. fight, like. Hopefully going to go to Vegas for McGregor and Poirier 3. A lot of cool stuff. Oh, I'm hoping if AJ and Fury actually sorts itself out, that I'll go there for that as well. So there's a lot of cool stuff. Nice. I just I just love wrestling. Uh, Gareth Davis, though, um, I think primarily he works for The Telegraph, but he also does stuff for us. Yeah. Um, also, SB3 in the house. Awesome to go. see Alistair. Seen him on Steph Chase's 1K live stream, but excited to watch him here. There you go. Fans, Alistair. There we go. <laughs> one fan. I've only got one fan. <laughs> it's a growing club. It's a real growing <laughs> club. Um, I mean, moving forward here. Tonight, Daniel Bryan has a match with Roman Reigns. And the ramifications are, Alistair, if he loses, and I'm going to quote, he is banished from SmackDown. Banished, right? Now, everyone is obviously thinking here. I've actually pre-written an article where it's like, um, ooh, what's, you know, what does it really mean, Daniel? Because I'm assuming he does lose. Um, I will obviously, yeah, yeah. I will have to change it if I'm wrong, but I don't think I will be. <laughs> um, and it's one of them where we all know, and he told me this in an interview, his contract is up this year. People were saying yeah. it's September because that's when he signed his last deal, so... I guess sense would tell you it's around September. So that gives us what four or five months to to really left in his WWE deal. Yeah. Now, really, there's two options unless he resigns, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's either departing and doing what he told me, like he wants to be that full-time dad, he wants to be there for his kids at this early stage of their lives, or B, he's gonna head off to another brand, be it Raw or NXT. That's, yeah, and he'll spend five months there doing unbelievable stuff. What do you think is actually happening, Alistair? Like you, Hart is desperately saying and clinging to the possibility of NXT for a run there. Um, I genuinely think it'd be NXT or full time dad for him because I managed to speak to him about it too, and you can tell how happy he'd be in that life. Again, mm. step back. He said after um maybe after Mania or it was after a recent match, his neck was just knackered. So that's got to be playing on his mind as well. It, I don't know if he'd want to put himself through another few years of a hectic travel schedule when he's stepping away, finally getting that time with his kids at such a young age. I just I mean, I wonder because I can't imagine, you know, we were talking about this earlier, working from home and how that's probably mm. going to change moving forward. I have to imagine the WWE schedule is not going to go back to how robust that it was, right? Like, I don't imagine no. them working five nights a week anymore. They've proven they don't need to do that. 
And when they were last doing it, they weren't selling out house shows. They weren't even doing that close, mm. Alistair. So, like, why put your talent through something that you don't – you know, I get it. You know, you want to visit territories and all of that great stuff. And, I'm, and I know when they come to the UK, it's great business. O2 nearly always kind of sells out, if not mm. almost. But, like, going to Milwaukee um, – yeah. The only thing with that, though, is the kind of trade-off because um, I know there was a load of complaints. So I remember the reports coming out that people like Keith Lee were training at the Performance Centre and there was all this kind of backlash to the idea of them sending people to train there. And it's like, but if they're also not wrestling as much as they used to, they need to get ring experience somehow. Yeah, you need to get and, your reps in. I, I do understand yeah. that. I do understand and, that. And John Moxley told me as well how basically 70 before the pandemic 70 percent of a wrestler's career was untelevised at live shows which is also sort of wrestling it's kind of pure essence as well that live theater aspect yeah so i think you do need that but i agree that you couldn't go back to a full-time schedule like they did i don't think the talented well the talent won't want that i mean it, look that's one thing right like <laughs> let's just go i'm not upset with milwaukee's it's an example um you know, I, I just I don't see five days a week working like ever no. again. I think they'll do specific tours of specific regions at specific times. Yeah. Like I, the European tour will probably remain as is, and that is grueling. But yeah. the main the main thing about um, the tour the touring in America, it's not so much even the shows. I mean, they are taxing, but it's the travel straight after. Then you're there yeah. up the next day, workout, media show, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, once you've had this way of life that they've had for a while, and Daniel Bryan, of course, has been lucky enough to be accustomed to as well. But even he was saying to me, he gets home from SmackDown Monday, you know, Saturday morning with his kids and he's knackered. And I'm like, you know, wow, it's only one day a week, but obviously it's a lot. Yeah. So you have to think, how could WWE manage this moving forward? If you are a, a Raw or SmackDown talent, Okay, so you've got that show, and maybe there's another house show that week, or I, I don't know. I, they're definitely going to bring back house shows to a degree. You're not, they're, yeah. not, they're not going to just not go to Madison Square Garden. They're not just going to no. not go to major cities and stuff because I guess when you do your pay per views, it's a big part of the, the allure. Um, yeah, but it won't be the way it was. No, that's it. You do need the run, like we're saying with the reps, and just for getting out that for the fans as well, but. That kind of sketch schedule didn't do anyone kind of any favors. Sort of being home, what amounted to two or three weeks a year or whatever. It's not, like you say, it's not sustainable. No, um, I think Bo uh, Bonzo for Life says, Hey lads, when do you think the next inevitable Saudi show is? I think by the end of this year, to be honest, yeah. Saudi Arabia is, um, Saudi Arabia is, is open for business, quote unquote. Um, and I mean, I've been to the Middle East, they are pretty much under control out there unless mm. I'm unless somebody can correct me um but it's just the travel restrictions of getting there and back and all of that stuff so I, I would imagine they normally have one November-ish late October November yeah. I reckon they'll they'll do it again I reckon they'll do it then and I know BT Sport are hopeful that we'll get one in the UK like so obviously yeah. we're opening up properly from June 21st hopefully so if that is mm. the case and WWE can get over here I really think they will so you know, Vince is aggressive with that stuff, isn't he? It, I, I'm I'm super surprised he's held off as much. He's done well. He's done well for him. Yeah, he's been very measured with it, hasn't he? 
He really has. More than I thought. Curtis John. Hey, Alex and Alistair. Question. What if during Roman versus Brian, Roman wins, but Cesaro comes out and say, stop Roman, but, oh, no, or I don't know. Uh, but Heyman uh, said, Cesaro, we got a plan B. Brian, turn on Cesaro and join alliance with Roman. Um, that's a lot. Uh, I I mean, he doesn't really fit the 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 tribe, per se. It's just, you know, mm. but he does have the old connections with Heyman, which I kind of like that you're alluding to. And also this whole, you know, respectful friendship they have. Um, yeah. Like last week, I was just a bit like, is there a turn here somewhere? I don't know. But I, I don't think tell if it was setting up a turn or just having someone like Brian helps us RO out while he's getting used to being in those kind of big promo segments. Yeah. Because having Brian by your side getting to do what he does so well with riling everyone up. It, it lifted the energy of that, sort of having Cesaro swinging him around, Brian doing his bit. It worked really well as a partnership. Isn't it mad how Daniel Bryan has become, like, a great promo? <laughs> do you remember, like, 10 years ago, people were going, oh, I mean, he's a great wrestler, he just he just can't talk, or he hasn't got much personality. He's a great promo these <laughs> days. Yeah, it was, the, it was those anger management skits with Kane. Which is an example of wrestling doing comedy and the entertainment side perfectly. They were silly, didn't take up too much time, and they showed his personality so well. And I do wish they kind of did a bit more of those things at this point. Yeah, uh, I will take more comments from the uh, the live chat in the final ten minutes. You can ask Alistair and myself anything you like. Um, prior to then, it will have to be uh, an ultra chat to get things going and uh, to make sure that what you want is read out. On that note, I want to move along to another bit of news, Alistair. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of talk at the moment about women in WWE. Yeah. Now, Mick Foley put out a tweet today directly to Vince McMahon. Have to believe he's got Vince's number and didn't need to do that. But um, <laughs> he did it publicly anyway to cause a stir. And boy, did he. Um, he says that the women should and could have their own brand in WWE. It's been the hot topic yes. since uh, the report came out from what Mickey James said, that she had pitched an all-women's brand in WWE. And she says that she was told that women don't draw, that they will never draw, to quote her. Um, and more to the point, that Evolution in 2019, 18? 18. 18. 18. Yeah. Um, they, apparently that did not do great on uh, the network in terms of views or purchases or whatever. Mm. It didn't do great. Uh, I love that pay-per-view for what that's worth. great pay-per-view. Uh, yeah. I thought it was great. Um, but here's the topic. Should yeah. WWE have an all-women's brand? Is it going to be something in the mould of the Cruiserweights being segregated to 205 Live? Um, are you just going to put them up against the all-men's Raw and SmackDown? Yeah. Is it just, you know, is, is it just the women exist there and on their own brand? Like, I guess the the, um, the, the mechanics of it is one thing. But yeah. two, is it viable and is it the next step? 
I think it could work. It just depends. Like, I think the mechanics are the kind of key thing because you also the. I think they'd need more time on the main shows. Is the first thing that needs to change. And I know they were doing so well with that for a long time, but past few months it seemed like that slipped a bit. Even with getting um, Bianca and Sasha in the main event, they still need more time. So maybe having an extra brand as almost a developmental, like NXT was originally supposed to be. And a chance for people to get extra TV time there, but I don't know if completely segregating it is the right thing to do. Listen, there's a comment here from JPS Pet Nation mm. who says, "You say the females don't don't drew or draw. I assume you mean, I, I don't I don't say that. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm not saying hey, don't put words in my mouth. I I don't have the network numbers. I don't know. Um, I I I'm a huge proponent of the women in WWE. Uh, I'm just saying what Mickey James said. She was mm. told." In an interview, not me. Um, but yeah, just to clarify on that one, on from Evolution, the next year the women headline WrestleMania for yeah. the first time. We had women headline WrestleMania this year, and I felt uh, people will debate this. I thought Bianca and Sasha was the best match of either night. I know the triple threat was great, but I felt more for the Sasha Bianca story. I just thought it was great. Um, I. I think that's a really draconian way of looking at things, right? Like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, women don't draw. I mean, once upon a time, they, of course they didn't because they wasn't put in a position to do so. Um, but as we know, things evolve, yeah. things grow, things change. Women have changed dramatically in professional wrestling. And, yeah. you know, if you, you say women don't draw, I'm sure Becky Lynch was one of the top merchandise sellers at her pomps. Exactly. She was. Yeah. I know she was. Um, you know, there, there are very popular women on that roster. And I just don't, it's it's not that uh, it's not that they couldn't do it, they could do it. I, again, yeah. I, I'm just not sure how that works. Like, do we all of a sudden just have men and women on their own brands? I think that's a bit weird. Like, you know, don't yeah. let them let them both breathe, but give them equal footing. And what that means is the women having as many stories as the men do yeah. on the roster. There are, I'm going to say this for the fifty five thousandth time. There is no excuse for Bailey not having a match at WrestleMania. And no, I will not let it go. They only had they only had title matches at WrestleMania for the women. That was it. There yeah. was no there was no Cesaro Rollins story. There was no Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. All right, there wasn't much of a story, but at least they had a match at WrestleMania for yeah. singles. Like they there was none of that for the women. And there was no excuse because they have the talent, they have the depth, they could yeah. have done it. They could have done it. You can't tell me they couldn't have. So that Absolutely. would be that would be to me the first step would be to get equal parity. Let's show, you know, let's give them as many stories and go from there. And yeah. uh, and I, for one, love the May Young Classic. I loved yeah. Evolution. I would love them to be annual things, right? Again, let the women, because they have so much catching up to do in that department, having them have one whole show to their own each year. Would be fine. It's a good start. Yeah, yeah. That's where I'm at, Alistair. Yeah. Like, it's undeniable. Like, I've seen some of the comments coming through. Like, they are undoubtedly a draw. Like, Becky proved that. Ronda coming in was great. Um, Sasha and Bianca, going back to that, was literally a few weeks ago the main event of night one of WrestleMania. So it shows that on some level, WWE realized that at this point. But like you say, there's a lot of work WWE needs to do to kind of have that equality. 
Yeah, absolutely. And this is a good point from Jeff Samuel. Even though I think you're kind of attacking us again, and it's not us, we're, we're not saying we're not, we're, we are proponents of the women here. Um, but did Sasha and Bailey draw Alex Alistair? I think so. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They did. And let me tell you why. Uh, Sasha Banks, by the way, in 2020, she had the highest rated segments on SmackDown, right? And this is with Tribal Chief Roman, by the way, who did, you know, absolutely had an injection. Um, on the product since he got back. That's tangible. You can see that rise. Yeah. But nobody had a higher segment than those two together before their Hell in a Cell match, I believe. And furthermore, Sasha Banks had the highest rated segment on NXT for the whole year when she had her match with Io Shirai. So you can't tell me that Sasha Banks isn't a big star. You can't yeah. tell me that she doesn't draw or have adoring fans. Like th- There is evidence there. I think that's very lazy to go, well, Evolution didn't do great. Like, you know, let's just sweep that. I, I I mean, I'm not doubting Mickey James for a second. I'm sure she was no. told that. I'm just saying that um, from a perspective of WWE making excuses, seems like a poor one to me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, I, and just before we move on from Sasha and Bailey as well, like even aside from the numbers that they drew, they also carried the company through the pandemic. Yes. For months with everything they were doing. And, I'm still slightly, you know, it was great the way it worked out with um, Bianca and Sasha, but I'm still so upset that they didn't get a blow off at Mania for that. So is Bailey. Um, um, yeah. I mean, she said that in the interview to me that she had her heart set on facing Sasha yeah. at WrestleMania. But again, like I think the way it played out, I can't, like, I can't be too mad at how it played out. No. Because they did really make um, Bianca Belair. They really yeah, and that's been fantastic to see. It was great. It was magnificent. And you, you couldn't have done that with Bailey and Sasha. And and maybe there will come a time where, and I know it's like Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather syndrome here, but like it might be like too late in the day, maybe by the time we get there. But when we do get there, people will be like, yeah, Bailey and Sasha, and it will be like a big, momentous thing. Ah, you, just, you can revisit it. Like You can. If enough time between, they can find a way to reignite it somehow. It's just how they get there yeah like, again I, I can't be mad at like the timing but bailey and yeah. sasha to me any year if you're doing a two two night mania certainly any year to me would be a main event at wrestlemania that maybe that's yeah. just me and how much i enjoy both no, performers no. but even on a one night wrestlemania if it'd been this year and you'd asked me back in october after helena so i said absolutely mm. sasha and ba- sasha and bailey that should be the main event. But um, again, a lot of people make the point and they are doing it on the chat that Ronda Rousey was pretty much instrumental in making, okay, the main event of WrestleMania happen, but also evolution. Mm. Now I'm not mad at that at all. You know, she is a pioneer to make no mistake about it. I don't know if you don't watch UFC, let me tell you, she is an absolute trailblazer, bona fide box office superstar, the first ever female to break, one million buys on a UFC card, or mate, she is undisputed. Um, I just think it's one of those where. So what? How, how? Where she helped elevate things to? Just because she goes, you don't then lose all that good work. And I know that yeah. Becky's out as well, which doesn't help. But like, you don't just kind of park it and go. Eh, we'll think about that when it comes back. Like, you have to give the women to chance to walk in their spot, walk in their shoes. And I yeah. think more to your point. Bailey and Sasha did that last year. They did that 100%. and then some. They killed it. Asuka as well. 
Like she was killing it in the performance center area, particularly before they like crucified her yeah. title reign. And um, also not even just with the women's division, but Alexa Bliss has been a huge fixture as well. Whatever people kind of think of the theme character and everything, she's still had a steady creative and at least in my opinion exciting role to be playing she's been a big fixture on tv which has been good to see i'm gonna send this to your wife sp3 i'm gonna say you're out here talking about ronda rousey <laughs> as your lord and savior again you'll be in that doghouse brother watch yourself um we're moving into the final 10 minutes here i'm gonna do an ultra chat from george Jamine in a minute but before I do that, start getting your questions in. Anything you want to ask myself and Alistair, anything. I don't care if it's wrestling or not. Get them in. I will choose the best ones and we will finish the show strong. Um, before that, Georgia Min says, I have a way to fix Raw. Wow. I'm interested oh. straight away. It's so simple. Just end the brand split. Okay. Since 2020, they've gotten rid of half of the roster. They don't need separate shows. Just put everyone on both shows. It would help out the product, in my opinion. Now, there is an argument for that. When you look at, like, the, the prime of WWE, kind of turn of the millennium, uh, it was just, you know, the main event scene was obscene. The, the yeah. amount of talent was just ridiculous. And I still think that carried over after the brand split for a couple of years because the talent was just enormous. Um, mm. When it gets um, concentrated, is probably the word, like it is today, I, I, I personally am not against the brand split. I think SmackDown has its own... You, I really enjoy SmackDown. Yeah. I don't really enjoy Raw. And it's very hard... To, to put into words why that is when it's pretty much the same writing teams. But I honestly think the three-hour thing has just handicapped them and they don't know how to write a show to that. And it is very difficult to do so, probably. Yeah, it is. like It, it is a massive ask. And the thing that SmackDown does so well is you have threads going through the show to keep you watching. There's, you know, the opening segment will lead in and there'll be little bits dotted throughout the night that actually make you want to keep tuning in, whereas Raw can be a bit more disjointed. I do think the brand split works. I think it's just a case of utilising the talent properly. Because SmackDown shows that you can make that work. It's, it is a great weekly TV show. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and I know that it's partly because I love the talent that's involved with it, right? But um, to me, around uh, September time last year, when you had Roman mm. Reigns just becoming the Tribal Chief and you had Sasha and Bailey at their apex for a two hour show. That's two incredible pillars. Right. Yeah. And then, and then off that, you've got like Daniel Bryan, you've got Sami Zayn, you've got Kevin Owens, you've got this amazing supporting cast. And yeah. The show is just effortlessly flowing at that point. Whereas raw, they don't know what they're, do you know what I mean? They're still just trying to like fit stuff in everywhere. And I do think RK bro has potential, yeah. but I, I, I just, I feel like they're throwing stuff at a wall and hoping. Um, That's been shown with what's happened with T-Bar and Mace, who I'm a big fan of both of them, but Hurt Business shouldn't have been broken up for whatever's going on there. And it's, it seems a bit more short-sighted. It does. Remember, guys, get your questions in for Alistair, George and myself in the final closing minutes here. In the live chat, there's 100 of you in there right now. Get your goods in and let us know what you think. Uh, first of all, Bonsai for Life says, when will Raw be 5 million viewers ever again? Never. Probably never. Um, <laughs> and and, and I don't, that's not actually indicative. I mean, it is. But it's not actually indicative of the product. 
but as a WWE corporate likes to tell us, viewing habits have changed, right? Like people don't sit at the box set and watch it anymore, mm. do they, Alistair? No, they don't. Like things have changed because you look at some t- at the views WWE get on YouTube. I know they like they like to harp on about that, but they do get a lot of content kind of consumed on there, which is a good thing, and it's how people watch a lot of things. But I think also like I don't think it'll get back to those heights, but I think it will if the writing improves as well, will increase once live crowds are back because ratings did take a dramatic turn with that shift into the performance centre. Yeah, I do think like having um, a big star be yeah. at the at the, at the the crux of your show is very important. Like, and, and I always think yeah. about this when, again, back to the turn of the millennium, you had Rock Austin and then Triple H was a thread for years and, you know, what, Kurt Angle, whatever. Mm. You do need that kind of pillar. And I think Roman presents that where there's a lot of stories that branch off of what he's doing yeah. and it makes it interesting because everyone's engaged. Um, and Raw, they've obviously spent a lot of time building up Drew, which I'm very happy about. Um, Randy has kind of been segued into this Bray Wyatt stuff. But before that, he was red hot, right? Yeah. This, you know, about nine months ago, red hot. So uh, it's... Well, they've done well with Lashley as well. You think sort of his rise over the past couple of years has been fantastic and you know mvp deserves so much respect for that as well the amount he's done uh forgotten wonders ubek says question why is the c in alex's surname lowercase but the one in mcjaws is uppercase i think that's just a mistake from wrestling yeah, it might be lowercase as well there you go. <laughs> what, what is the heritage of mcgeorge uh scottish Ooh. So, yeah i mean mine's irish i don't think anyone needed to ask but it is <laughs> um first I like this too here. Matthew Ledesma says, first major women wrestler to leave WWE by choice to join AEW. Wow. Mm, I could see... Oh. I'm going to take a punt and say Charlotte. Wow! No way! Surely Depending not. Depending on how things go, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. With things that came out with what Andrade said, I know that's also a bit of a he says, she says kind of scenario, but I don't know. I... She strikes. I think she'd take a bet on herself if she felt like she was done. I know she sort of said in interviews as well, like creatively, she wants more outside of title reign. She wants a bit more substance to the character, and that's clearly something that does mean a lot to her. Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I just, I just feel like, uh, I don't know. She's so tied to WWE, right? Like, and they use, and like she's like a uh, promoting machine. For them PR wise and um yeah maybe though I mean I could see maybe like an Asuka maybe like you know Kenny Mac Kenny, yeah, Kenny, Kenny Macintosh Kenny Omega obviously has all the the Joshi wrestlers and Asuka has that rich history yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of them that she'd like to work with and you know she's not treated the greatest by WWE but she also strikes me as fairly loyal so I I don't know yeah uh, it's a very good question uh someone will eventually like Obviously, we've had the Christians in the big shows as well, but somebody in their prime one day, a la John Moxley, will make the jump. They'll look at that and they'll go, yeah. hmm, creative freedom uh, within reason and, you know, a, a, light, a, a light schedule, paid well. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? I say it's going to be tempting, isn't it? It'll be interesting, the first to go either way, I guess, as well, if anyone did get snapped up at some point or... Anything like that. It is interesting. Uh, who will take the title from Roman, Alistair? 
hopefully no one for a while. I want him to keep going. I know I don't think we'll get the kind of the end destination of him holding on to it until The Rock. As great as that'd be, I think that's a bit too far off for him I want, to. I want that. I, I want it. I just don't know if they'd have the patience to do it. It'd be great if they did. If they could keep this going for another couple of years and let him really go through everyone, because they can build people up in the meantime, like Cesaro. He doesn't have to win the belt this time to kind of be legitimised as a main eventer. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to get to that in a minute from Oni. Um, I th- I'd love it if someone like Big E was made yeah. in beating Roman, but I honestly don't. I, I can't tell because I, I do agree with Alistair. I think it's going to be a long run, but I'm just not sure when that will end. Uh, I would lo- I love the idea that he gets the rock at next WrestleMania, but we'll have to see. Yeah. First wrestler to leave AEW for WWE. Again, like... I- Unless, like, someone dreamt of working in WWE and WWE make a big offer to them, Tony Khan doesn't strike me as someone who lets contracts get close. WWE seemed to do that. So, again, you'd have to really want to leave AEW. And by all accounts, I look at that, it's kind of like a family. I don't don't see who would be clamouring to leave. Um, And, you know, with all the kind of jaded ex-WWE people who have gone there, I can't imagine anyone in that locker room is thinking, hmm, I'd love to go there. Um, but the thing that you do hear a lot from interviews is that there are, there is sort of that friendship between both companies as well with the wrestlers themselves. Like the fans have the rivalry, and obviously there was that on Wednesday nights. But there is so much crossover between the companies as well. Yeah, sort of relationships, I, friendships, and all of that. I do think uh, once Triple H kind of inherits the throne, eventually things might be different, and people might because you know from what I've said spoken to with the Young Bucks and Kenny, they all respect Triple H. I know it's great yeah. to say this war, but they all like him from the talks they had. So yeah. uh, I think they would have trusted their careers in his hands rather than Vince's. That's where, yeah. that's kind of where it falls down. But uh, yeah. you look at a lot, of, a lot of these, you know, Hangman Pages, who WWE have already tried to sign, MJF, whoever. There's a lot of people in their early, sort of mid mid to late 20s that WWE might look at and go, man, you know, we could, we could do with them. We could do with them. Yeah. Um, who knows? Uh, anyway, there we are, nine o'clock. We've reached our destination, Alison McGeorge. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, my man. Uh, tell the people where they can find you and your work. Yeah, well, Twitter's up there. Um, and then metro.co.uk um, forward slash tag forward slash either wrestling or WWE. Everything goes under both of those. Um, yeah, loads coming over the next sort of week or so from all the interviews and Really now, just counting down to shows happening again, man. I can't wait yeah. till we can get back to a live show. Uh, Forgotten Wonder Zubrek says, Triple H deep down is still the click guy who tried to hold down everyone he didn't like. I mean, he, I, he, I definitely believe he did that. Um, I don't buy him as a savior or anything. I do think he's grown. He's not that guy anymore. I think he takes great yeah, joy. I, agree with that. I think he takes great joy in what he does in, in NXT. And I, I'm not saying he's a savior, but I do think he's a better option than Vince uh, at this point. If um, he was as selfish as he was then, he wouldn't be. It, well, he'd have already made a, another in-ring return, he'd have wrestled in NXT, he'd be more of an on-screen character. He does seem pretty content in what he's doing. From yeah. the same we've had with him as well. I, I get genuine, you know, enthusiasm yeah. and, and passion from him talking about both brands. So, anyway, mm-hmm. enough. Uh, thank you so much, Alistair, for joining us, my man. I look forward to seeing your work trickle out over the next few days uh, with these interviews you've been doing this week, please. Uh, guys, make sure you follow this man. 
and get on top of his work. Uh, I do share it where possible. So you might yeah, have seen it before. So please do get involved with that. Uh, from me, thanks for joining. I will be back on Tuesday for the phone-in with Louis Dangor. I've got my talk wrestling show this Monday with a host of interviews and Will Gavin, who we saw last Friday. Uh, until next week, thanks for joining and we will see you later. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.